Hello again, everybody, and welcome to this week's Bible Study Podcast. Hey, I I was just thinking, how many of you remember Herb Winches, sports broadcaster for Channel 6 back in the 80s? The reason I bring him up is he would always begin his broadcast by saying, Hello, everybody. And in recent weeks, I catch myself saying the same thing, Hello, everybody, or Hello, everyone. But I am thankful that you guys listened to me and uh, desire to have Bible study. And so I'm uh, thankful that you're listening to me. I hope you had a great week. You know, there's a lot going on and happening. It looks as though kids and youth ministries at Liberty will begin this week with restricted on-campus attendance. I don't know if you've looked at the website, and uh, I could tell you all the details, but I don't know how many of you have uh, children or grandkids that are uh, in the uh, uh, either the youth or the kids ministry, but uh, we need to uh, pray and hope that the kids will be safe as well as workers and that the activities will be blessed and pleasing to God. As most of you know, Dana had her baby this week and all is, is basically well. They're all at home, so keep remembering them. Also, keep remembering uh, Catherine and Billy and Mr. and Ms. Pick, and uh, remember Brother Tim and our church staff. Remember our president and our uh, national and state leaders. We certainly have a lot to pray for. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, how thankful we are that we can approach you in prayer. We're thankful that you hear prayer. Father, we say that each and every week. But Father, we don't want to uh, forget that. Father, we know that you hear, and we have so much to pray for. Lord, we just ask that, that you would hear our groanings. Father, there's just so much to pray for. We're, we're living in, in anxious times when we uh, think about this COVID virus as to whether or not we will uh, get it or not, or whether our family member will get it or not. Father, whether or not school will return. Father, whether or not sports activities will return. Father, whether or not businesses will return. Uh, Father, just whether our nation will return. And Father, whether our nation will return to you. So, Father, there's just so much to pray for. We do praise you. Uh, for all the things you've done for us. We're thankful for the new addition to uh, Dana and Tim and and Donna's family, Lord. We we just ask that you bless little Harper as she grows up, that, uh, Father, that she will be directed in a way that's pleasing to you. Father, we continue to think of Billy and Catherine, Lord, and Mr. and Ms. Pick and others in our class. Father, we just ask that you would just bless each and every one in a mighty and special way. Bless our teachings on this lesson now, Lord, as we uh, seek to open uh, the book of Proverbs and look at the wisdom, Father, and look at what you have to say. Father, we just love you and we praise you for all that you do. For it's in the precious name of Jesus we do ask and pray. Amen. You know, recall last week we looked at chapter 14 and we discussed living wisely. As we studied wisdom, as we studied wisdom's instruction on the fear of the Lord. In today's lesson, 
Uh, we're going to focus on chapter 16, or at least that's the focal chapter that the writers of our lesson did. Uh, but we're going to look at chapter 15 and look at its wisdom on instruction on the proper path that we should take, as well as looking at chapters 17, 18, and 19. In today's lesson, we're going to focus on pleasing God. Pleasing God. Of course, I have expanded that to pleasing God, but are we God-centered or self-centered? As we look through Proverbs, chapters 15 uh, all the way through 20, 22, uh, the thing is there, there are no real clear-cut major themes of this section of Proverbs. Uh, there are mostly single, simple, individual statements. But here we can isolate certain topics such as family, friends, leaders, poor people, rich people, kings. But one thing stands out, and that is pleasing the Lord. And that there is value in pleasing the Lord. We all remember wanting to please our parents. We desire to please those that are around about us. And the reason we do it makes for a deeper, more meaningful relationship. Now, I guess I'll have to bring this up. I love the game of baseball. Uh, those of you that know me, I, I eat and breathe baseball, baseball as I was growing up and, and still do. Uh, it has so many analogies in life. Not, not only it's just a great game. And I was excited this week as, as the Major League Baseball uh, season finally got underway. However, I was extremely disappointed, deeply displeased and saddened by Major League Baseball's decision to have Black Lives Matter patches available for players to wear on their uniforms. And, of course, we know in Boston there's a large 250-foot sign uh, along uh, the side of the stadium there uh, that proclaims Black Lives Matter. And another thing, as the national anthem was played in Los Angeles before the Dodgers-Giants game, there was only one player that stood during the national anthem in respect to our flag. You know, such negative behavior has affected how I view, and I don't know about you, but how I view the NBA, the National Football League, and now Major League Baseball. Such behavior keeps me from having a fun relationship with these sports. And such behavior can keep us from having a close, deep relationship with the Lord, thus pleasing the Lord. God-centered versus self-centered. Now, if we look at chapter 15, uh, most of us can certainly recite verse 1. So let's begin with Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Now, as I said, most of these statements, most of these proverbs or uh, statements for, for normal living, as we've, we've learned it, uh, they're just going to be short statements along the way. And as I said, we can recite this. A soft answer turns away wrath. Grievous words stir up anger. In looking at verse 2, 
the eyes of the Lord, or I'm sorry, or the tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pour out foolishness. Now we're still talking about the mouth, and of course we've heard the old jokes, you know, it doesn't take long to identify the fool, all they have to do is start talking. But then again, looking at these verses, we get a better idea of the current state of affairs in some of our cities. You know, looking at verse 8, you know, if we look at verse 8, we see sacrifice or whether the focus uh, is on attention. Verse 8 says, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Now we can go through scripture and we understand that there are some sinful activities that have been described as an abomination to the Lord. But here we see other things can be an abomination to the Lord. And what do we see here that's an abomination? It says the tongue of the wise uses knowledge, but the mouth of, fool, of fools uh, pour out foolishness. And then in verse 8, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. So we see the sacrifice, the sacrifice is an abomination. Then we understand that when there's a sacrifice, that's the focal point of our attention. And here, if we sacrifice things not to God, then our focal point is not to God. And I doubt very seriously that those that tout Black Lives Matter, Antifa, or other things, uh, I doubt very seriously if they pray daily or study scripture regularly. Now if we skip to verse 26, like I said, we're just going to skip on down and, and uh, go through some of these singular verses here. So if we go to verse 26, the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. So here we see something else. That's an abomination. It's the center of our focal point. But the words of the pure are pleasant words. Pleasant words. We all love to hear pleasant words. Even God. And so we do seek to please him with pleasant words. Now looking at verse 33. We go down to verse 33. And we see something that's familiar. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. The term fear of the Lord is mentioned over a dozen times in these uh, few chapters here. So we get the importance of understanding that everything that we say and do regarding wisdom versus foolishness, regarding what we previously talked about, either the house of wisdom or the house of the adulterer uh, has everything to do with the focal point of our life. It's either God or it's not. Now moving into chapter 16, um, looking at verse 2, we're going to find out that motives do matter. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord Ways the spirit. What drives or directs us in our behavior? 
it's our motivation, but then what drives our motivation? And if we look at verse 3, following up on that, it says, Commit your works unto the Lord, and your thoughts shall be established. God values commitment, but not just to anything, but to Him. All other proverbs arise out of this verse. Commit your works to the Lord. All that you do, of course, you should do for Him. And looking at verse 4, if we just continue uh, in this area, the Lord has made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked, for the day of evil. You know, God has made everything for his purpose. Now, we, we you know, of course, studied that, and he's prepared everything for himself for his purpose. And a lot of times we don't understand his purpose. How many times do we question, God, what are you doing? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, God's word also says his ways are beyond our thinking. But we need to have faith in him and at least understand that his word is what counts. Now, have you ever heard this, that we need to control or direct the world? You know, it's our duty to control politics. What about climate? Animal shelters. I mean, how many advertisements do we hear about even animal shelters now? But God has made everything for his purpose. And somehow we've tended to take that away, or we think we have, where it's what we think, what we say, is what's important. Now looking at verse 5, we see that everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. See, we're finding out there are several things that's an abomination to the Lord. Though hand joined in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Now, it is the heart, you know, or, or the, the, the boastful thinking in that we think we know better. We think we know. We think we know. See, that comes from the heart. It doesn't come from the wisdom of God. And then just look at today's riots and uh, property damage and human damage and things of this nature. Uh, where do these people get these ideas? Well, it's obvious uh, when we look at these verses. And then we'll follow up with verse uh, 6 here. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Now, this is a powerful verse here. Powerful. Purged. The word purged here in, in the Hebrew is kalfar. Kalfar. And it means placated or removed, cancel. In fact, some of the even uh, uh, more prominent verses besides King James actually has atone here. Atonement. So we have atonement. And notice what we have right here, by mercy and truth. Well, where does true mercy and truth come from? Of course, it comes from God. So iniquity, you know, our sin, uh, whatever that iniquity is, it's purged. It's taken away. And it's taken away, we have this phrase again, by the fear of the Lord. When we recognize our true Savior, when we recognize 
where our salvation comes from. Now, I'll, I'll kind of step off here. I hope we don't step off in too deep of water and drown. But as we look around and we see the protest and property damage and personal injuries, uh, people ignoring laws, you know, we may want to blame these godless people. And to, to be sure, everybody is responsible for their own self. I, I get that. But I want to place some of the responsibility on the backs of Christians. Nationwide, we've seen the number of professing Christians declining. But a sad part here is that there are many that profess to be Christians that are actually at the center of such civil unrest. How can that be? How can they believe that what they are doing is godly? We, we went into this a little bit last week. Even closer to home, we at Liberty take pride in our uh, statement of disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Yet we see those that are defined in today's discipleship, uh, they don't have similar Christian desires toward Bible study and worship. Uh, there, There is a lack of respect and there is a lack of fear of the Lord as we see it and say it. And so no wonder our country is the way it is. You know, so I want to ask, is, is what we have, is it a life group? Or is it a Sunday school or Bible study class? Yes, and, and we, we do contact each other and we help each other. I hope we do. Uh, I think we do. Um, maybe we could or should do more in times of need. But in my view, we need more Bible study. Have you had, I mean, have you really had uh, some real conversations with other professing Christians? And how much scripture have they studied? How much do they know? And I'm not talking about memory verses, but learning verses. You know, so at, at this point, let's go back to Proverbs and let's go to chapter 6. Let's go to chapter 6, Proverbs 6. See if I can find it. There's 10 pages of my Bible. Proverbs chapter 6. And I want to go to, um, let, let's go to verses 16. And let's look at seven things that God hates. It says 6, but then it goes into 7 here. These six things are an abomination, or doth the Lord hate? Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Proud look, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that will be swift in running to mischief, a false witness, and uh, we go on down and, and talk about those that speak discord among brethren. Now, if you look at the order in which these things are, I just want to focus real quick on the heart. Verse 18, the heart. The heart's right in the middle of all of these. You know, we kind of start at the top, a proud look, lying tongue, hands, and then we get to the heart, and then we get to feet. So we kind of move down the body. But notice the heart is in the middle here. 
you know, and I just wonder at, you know, we consider those who riot and do the property damage and bodily harm and all of that. Um, you know, I wonder, and, and even those that tout such, such activities, how can we have conversation with them regarding uh, godly activities and whether or not things are pleasing to the Lord? We go back to pleasing the Lord. Now, if we go back to chapter 16, so if we go back to chapter 16 and look at verse verses 27 and 29. 27 and 29. So they, they kind of speak for themselves. 26 says, He that labors, labors for himself, for his mouth, crave it of him. And then if we look at, I'm sorry, that's verse 26. Look at verse 27. An ungodly man digs up evil, and in his lips there is as burning fire. And then in verse 29. A violent man entices his neighbor and leads him into the way. And I like the way uh, Scripture says here that is not good. And so, how is it? How easy it is for someone to be caught up in the riots? Maybe they didn't plan on doing it, but uh, somebody was able to excite them and get them going. Now we move into chapter 17, and in chapter 17. This is where we have wisdom's instruction on men of, of folly. So if we look at, and, and I want to look at 4, 10, 15, and 17 together. So if we look at verse 4, 17, 4. A wicked doer gives heed to false lips, and a liar gives ear to a naughty tongue. We go to verse 10. A reproof entereth more into a wise man, than a hundred stripes into a fool. In verse 15, we see he that justifies the wicked and he that condemns the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. But we're finding out there's a lot that's an abomination to the Lord today. And then in verse uh, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Now, if we look at verse 4, you know, we discussed last week about the simpleton that believes anything. And then you move to verse 10, and you can beat a fool, but, you know, the thing about it, the fool will never hear instruction. You can beat him to death, but he's, he's still not going to learn. And then we move to verse 15. Do we not see that today? You know, do we not see where... Um, where you know the, the the good are condemned and the wicked are are they're praised? How many times have we seen wicked activity that's praised and those that are good, including Christians, uh, they're the ones that are reproved and rebuffed. Now, if we go to chapter eighteen where we find more individual distinct statements of practice and living. Again, most of these speak for themselves, and, and I'll, I'll kind of underline this as we see perils and blessings. You know, it's kind of like love and hate on the same coin. On one side you have love, but on the other side you have hate. You hate those things that will affect those that you love. That you love. 
And then here we have perils on one side and blessings on the other. So chapter 18, if we look at verses 1 and 2. Through desire, a man having separated himself, asked and intermeddled with all wisdom. Verse 2, a fool has no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. You know, here we, uh, fools love to share their opinions, don't they? They think they know everything, and they identify themselves as fools by having no desire to grasp real understanding. They don't like to listen to you, but, you know, there again, before we actually try to judge them, it's kind of like math. Okay, so how many of us may not understand some aspects of math, and as such, uh, the issue here is not the lack of understanding of math, but rather attitude. It's the attitude. I don't even want to discuss math because I don't understand it. We tend to not want to discuss things simply because we don't understand it. Well, why do we not understand it? It's because we haven't discussed it. Who knows? You may understand it given a chance. And it's the same thing here. Okay. A fool believes and thinks his foolish things, but he's not even willing to listen to godly wisdom. Now, if we look at verse 10, looking at verse 10, uh, we're looking at 18, 10. And it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. We all love this verse. We're familiar with it. Uh, how safe and secure we feel in the tower of God. On the other hand, a fool is open and exposed and is vulnerable even unto death. Now, before we get away, I need to, uh, we're running out of time here. I do want to mention verse 16. Verse 16, real quick. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. You know, we all love gifts. We value them. And I'm sure each of you have even homemade gifts from children or grandchildren that, that it's precious to us. It, it's valueless. It, 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 or it, it has infinite value. And if you remember, uh, when the wise, went, wise men went to Jesus, they gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but Scripture says they were gifts. As such, a wise man's gift is recognized, especially, especially by other wise men. So that's why wise men are uh, included in counsel that we talked about last week, and fools are not. But we'll have to stop here. I've got some more to say. Maybe we can get to that next week. But as we run out of time, I do want to uh, thank you for listening. And I would invite you, if you have family member, friends, even those that live in other cities or other states, uh, to tune in. And hopefully we won't feel so rushed. And very soon, very soon, we'll be back on campus and in our class back in the back. And I'll be drawing on the board. And everybody will live happily ever after, I guess. But until then, uh, keep in contact with each other. Uh, give some calls and check on each other. And may God bless you. And uh, we'll see you next week.